So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Welcome to Feature Creep, Colin. Built-in microwave, semicolon. Um, oh man, we do not have a podcast topic. We don't, but we have four people this time, which is kind of interesting of itself. Bisexual yeah. orgy. <laughs> Bisexual orgy. <laughs> yeah. Here it comes ben, ben from Bisexual Orgy. Yes. Yeah. As I was explaining, my uh, the the name I'll be using for this podcast is Ben, and the last time I went by Ben was when I had sort of. More, I was more in the closet than out, and I lived with my family, and I would go to bisexual orgies, and that's the name I went by there. So, uh, I am bisexual orgy Ben, and <laughs> here to here to talk on this Fantastic. podcast. <laughs> Another guest of the realm, and then uh, Lauren, who we've had on previously, and assuming that we get our shit together and publish these in order, which we will definitely do, um, unless we don't, unless you don't. Will know. Uh, yeah, and obviously, if you're listening to this uh, podcast, you already. Uh, know the title of it because we'll have titled it and so for our guests of the realm I'll mention if there's some phrase or word that makes you laugh or comes up that you're like that should be the title of the podcast just go ahead and just say it right into the mic and do tell yeah do tell let us know let's see um, how many we can collect right yeah so um, yeah so welcome and uh, well one of the things we talked about is I could tell the story um, the boat story Although I feel like that's a good long hour journey. So I'm not sure <laughs> if our guests have things they want to talk about or whether they want to just go on a journey and then like comment or where we want to go. With that. Yeah, does anybody have any burning desires to discuss any specifics? I, I kind of feel like going on a journey. Okay. I, I'm happy to go on a journey, but I also am always willing to discuss yeah, and, things at any moment. Right. And judgment, rugged right. individualism. The, yeah, unfortunately, bisexual with orgies, bisexual <laughs> orgies, boats. boats. We need someone with a more nervous laugh every time the word sex or sexual or anything comes up. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what we could do, I mean, we have the really strict rules on this podcast. So like, obviously, once we commit to a topic, like we don't ever deviate from it. So there's no huh. chance to like, say, go on a tangent or. Right. Right. Yeah, so I just huh. want to make sure we're all in the boat. Right. Yep. Yeah. We're no, in the boat. I, I'm Does, a fan, and that's that's one of the things that that's one of the reasons I listen. Yeah. Undeviating. Undeviating. Structure. Rigid structure. Staying the course the whole yeah. way. Yeah. It was really important to me to listen to all the podcasts in order. That was, <laughs> yes. <yeah>. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a really why we, uh, important part of my process of mm-hmm. preparing for the podcast I'd never heard. Was right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yes. Listening, but also not listening to all of them in order. But in order. Right. But, but in, in order. order. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, well, so I, I've heard this story before. Yeah. Um, well, good. You can keep me at least sort of on track or remind me if I leave out some key moments. Yeah. If anything's missing, I'll be sure and tell you right away. Yeah. Um, this is one of my favorite stories and kind of everything about how you handle all of the key points in the story. Um, Everything about all of those moments is kind of balled up into why I think you're so great. Thanks, so this thanks. is this is quite the quite the story. I love this story so much. I'm sure it was terrible when it happened, but I think it, it makes, was. I the way I feel about this story is that um, if I had not done it, 
and someone told me what it was or like I knew that that's what was going to happen, I probably still would have chosen to do it. Um, now that I've done it, I'm definitely like will not choose to do it again. Yeah. Is this like how you feel about bisexual orgies? Um, <laughs> I, good question. That's <laughs> a, like, I don't know. You're that I don't, nut? What? You're that, that nut? I'm that nut. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'd never really, it never really like occurred to me. I mean, I, I guess like, I, I let's circle back to that one. <laughs> give me, give me Noted. another one. Come back. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a very complex, deep question in the moment. <laughs> sure. I would say generally based on my past behavior, when it comes to sexual partners and the way that I kind of make those choices, um, what I think about, I think would be great versus when I have the opportunity and what I choose to do are very different things typically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so more and more as that comes in line, I find like it's usually, um, it's more about intimacy with somebody that's important to me than it is like, you know, fucking a lot of people or like going sure. to an orgy. like you know. Or having uh, a cer- uh, having experiences or, that meet uh, like a list of standards yeah, or a concept. Yeah, that's really more what I want to say. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. it's, you know... Um, yeah, so that's been kind of at least that's been my experience is that when I'm faced with the opportunities, I usually make choices that don't always align with like my horny fifteen year old boy right. brain, right? Which, well, it was meant to be funny, was actually kind of where I was going with like when yeah. you said this story that if someone had told me yes. about it, yeah, no, yeah. it's a good, it's a funny, it's funny and also meaningful. Um, yeah, so let's set the scene. I so, can go now, right? Yeah, you're done. Yeah, you're, you Ding. can. Yeah, check your card. We'll st- we'll punch your card, and you can get on your way. <laughs> we'll validate your parking. We'll validate your parking. Yes. So speaking of parking, like my parents validated parking. Uh, like, validated parking, parking validation yeah. podcast title. Validated parking. I like yeah. validated parking better than parking validation. Yeah, I'll write it down as parking. a possibility. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Whenever I'm at my parents' house. <laughs> And a car pulls up and parks on the public street in front of my parents' house. If I'm there, my parents accuse me of being somehow involved in this <laughs> strange vehicle arrival. And they're like, Megan, whose car is this? Do you do you know whose car is this? Uh, are you expecting anyone? It's like, no, I didn't invite people over to your house. Also, anyone can park there. Anyone's allowed it to. It's a public street. Right. right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to make a note about validating parking. I like all parking is valid, which is what Ben oh. said. I'm, yeah, that's I'm pretty good. Yeah, reclaiming. I'm it. glad you weren't mentioned yeah. that. I'm glad there it's was... catching on. Yeah. <laughs> you can't park your car here. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, let's. Uh, I, if at any point in time anyone has any questions or comments about this, because it, there's <laughs> this is a hell of a story. Can we just jump in? Yeah, we can just jump I mean, in. Yeah, no, and you should. We're not I'm not going to forget you, like, details. Yeah. You're not going to derail me. Yeah. Uh, it is well seared into my mind. Uh, <laughs> um, scars, long scars, held. Yeah. So um, I, like, we'll kind of set the scene. So I, I got involved in um, sailing in San Diego uh, more heavily in the last maybe, like, 10 years. I, I kind of had the opportunity to um, <clears throat> sail with a friend of mine who became a friend of mine. Um, this gentleman and we'll call him Fran cause that's his name. And, um, and Fran's a, Fran's a retired, um, he's a retired Navy Admiral <laughs> and, uh, he's, he's one of the kindest people I've ever met. He's just really genuine and kind and really like just really a joy to be around and like just really likes everybody and is like not at all pretentious and he I like his whole thing about being a Navy Admiral is that um, that was just kind of where he found himself and it's not he doesn't 
I don't want to speak for him on the topic. Like if you hear sure. what he has to say about it, it's it's great, and he never lords it over people, and he really enjoys. Like people, he's just a very friendly person, and so he's a member of this yacht club that I'm also a member of, and we, um, and he actually got me into the yacht club. Like we kind of got into sailing. I got into more sailing through him, and that's where I ended up like buying my own sailboat and getting really down the rabbit hole. I thought you meant he got you in like in a very like old school white well, country club. He vouched that. for yeah. me so, and assured them I wasn't Jewish or something. That's yeah. I mean, there is a funny kind of thing with yacht clubs that's like very pretentious and very like absurd, where it's like you can't get in if you don't know anybody. Right. Right. Um, and there's you know it's not so much the money, although there's money involved, but it's like. Well, sail, sailboats, I feel like a little bit self-select for the money. They like. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really do. Um, I mean, nowhere have I seen something that literally just charges by the foot. It's just like yes. you pay by the foot for everything. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, the bigger it is, the more mm. you're going to pay for it, um, which is part of the draw for many men, especially, you know, if you if you're if length is important, like this is a great place to be like you can really, you know, pay a lot for that length. Um, and tell everybody about it. Oh yeah. Well, everybody knows. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's definitely comes up in conversation a lot. Um, so, uh, anyway, so I, I got into sailing and, um, I'd been into sailing as a kid and it was really kind of cool cause living in San Diego, there's actually really great sailing there and it's un- like, it's unfortunate. It's really hard to get into because there's not sailing. Isn't one of these things where, it's just not like publicly available. It's like you need to know people. Yeah. If you know people, it's there's more sailing to do than ever. But if you don't know anybody, it's really hard to access. Anyway. I was always very proud that the city I live in, part of our parks and recreation, publicly you know, funded outdoor spaces in the yeah. city includes a public marina. That's fantastic. And that yeah. like, yeah. I mean, you have to lottery. It's quite popular. But, yeah, but my understanding is there aren't a lot of places that like Powderhorn? that. Powderhorn? Uh, Lake Calhoun or oh. Bad Miska. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's 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 complicated. Um, I think there are. Uh, I hope that more people can get into it because it's like we live on a planet with a lot of water. And right. I think it's something that um, is really great for a lot of wide range mm-hmm. of people. Um, and and I think that's happening for the most part. Like as the old generation kind of goes away and we get to you know come in with the new generation. Like like mm-hmm. even in my yacht club, like it's a lot. I kind of call it this sort of like high school reunion every time I go there because <laughs> it's in my hometown where I went to high school. Sure. And so whenever I go there, I see a lot of people that I'm not um, like everyday friends with, but I'm friendly with them and I know them from high school. And it's kind of, you know, it's really easy for people who are like, oh, hey, Ned, I, yeah, yeah. And then next thing you know, three hours later, you're like six beers in. And, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yacht club, sailing Fran. So Fran calls me one day and it was kind of, um, really good timing for me. Cause I was just kind of finishing up some contracts as a software developer. I was like, kind of had some free time coming up and he's like, Hey, do you want to take this trip down to Baja? And I said, sure. Uh, you know, tell me more about it. And he's like, well, we're going to crew with somebody <laughs> else from the yacht club. And he's got this really big Cal 50. And, um, so we, uh, can you share what's a Cal 50? So what does a, that mean? A Cal 50, if 50 cal, yeah. So a Cal 50, so it's a 50 foot boat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sloop rig, so it has a single mast in the center. Mm-hmm. Um, and a Cal 50 in particular has what I could only describe as like really big, long, sweeping bow and stern. So okay. like it kind of comes up out of the water. Mm-hmm. So the reason they make the boats that way at the time was sail racing sailboats often comes with a lot of rules because the idea is to no, like the idea is to create a level playing field. And so, um, 
oftentimes there's rules for certain classifications of races. And so a lot of boat design um, is driven by skirting the rules or like going ah. around the rules. And so I think at the time when those boats were popular, um, the way that they measured the length of the boat was the waterline. And ah. so the boat itself sits pretty high out of the water so it has a shorter water line but when mm -hmm. it's under wind and it leans over it's much longer right and speed and length are pretty equivalent in boats in boating for the most part because you can't um the length of your boat determines the wavelength of mm -hmm. your wake and that determines how fast you can go and mm -hmm. so a shorter boat can't go as fast as a longer boat just like unless you start to hydroplane, which is to say you get up above the water right. and now you're skimming across the water. And so very modern sailboats all are basically flat bottom and they just skim along. Um, anyway, so this beautiful, beautiful boat, um, really beautiful. And, uh, and so Fran's like, Hey, like, let's go, you know, meet the guy. And I was like, great. I'm, you know, I'm on board. Like I want to go take a week. How many people would crew a Cal 50? So, um, if you're racing it, you'd probably have, I think like, I think you might have around six. This is where you're kind of stretching my limit. But four people can very comfortably sail sure. this boat. And that's what the crew size was going to be. It was going to okay. be my friend, uh, my friend Fran, myself, um, and the captain. And I'm not going to mention names because this reflects poorly on the captain. So we'll leave him out of it. Sure. Other than we'll just call him the captain. The captain. Um, and then this other. Do you have a first mate? Uh no, it's it's um, a little loose on that okay. front. I mean, he had a so the captain had a friend who he had crewed with him before, and so that can we call him could, Smee. We can call him Smee. Okay. Yeah. Is he always a captain, or was he just a captain? He's really you call him Skipper. So like, yes, captain is usually like. So he is. It's his boat. He owns the boat, which means that he's in charge of. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's in charge of it, but um, typically, well, in this case, he is. He's like, this is this trip. He's planning the trip. Um, and so our job as crew is we're basically being hired as delivery hands. Right. So our, we're helping him relocate this boat from Coronado down across, um, through across the tip of Baja, across the, um, what's the name of that sea? The Gulf uh, of California. Uh, no, it's the Salton Sea. I think not oh, Salton no. Sea. Um, sea of Cortez. Sea of Cortez. Cortez. Thank you. The Sea of Cortez across the Sea of Cortez to mainland Mexico. You're relocating this boat through international waters yes yes yeah. and so um so originally i think that the whole trip was a was supposed to take originally it's like it's going to take a week and i was like there's no way so i'm thinking i'll give it two weeks we're also supposed to leave at a particular time um i believe it was in the summer like maybe june maybe early june um and and he'd kind of set a date and like that was the day we were going to head off and i was like great so i've kind of timed my time off from work and from my clients and let my clients know it's like hey i'm going to be like completely out of touch for this period um and kind of had everything lined up and um and if i know anything from failed missions that resulted in survival cannibalism yes when you leave is very important yes okay. yeah well <laughs> in this case um timing is not too tight weather wise okay southern california baja you know, like summertime, pretty okay. chill, pretty regular winds, generally speaking. Mm. I can breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. So, yeah. You're thinking, I'm not going to end up eating anybody yeah. on this yeah. journey. Yeah. Probably not. Um, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> anyway, so I, uh, so Fran and I, you know, Fran's like, hey, come down to the yacht club. I meet the captain. Um, I meet the, uh, we meet Smee, the first mate. Um, 
And now Smee is not a strong sailor, but he's sailed a few times with the captain. And so they get along well and he, you know, he knows how to like follow directions. And that's a big thing in sailing is like, you know, when things get tense, it's nice for chain of command. Someone shouts mm-hmm. orders and you hop to it and they can expect you to get that thing done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause and you have to know all the specialized words. Yeah. It helps to know all the specialized words. Um, if you come sailing with me, like casually in the bay, like that's not strict and it's a learning experience. Um, but in this case, it's good to know, yeah. you know, cause we're trying to like be efficient, move a, yeah, be efficient, move a large boat. So I'm not unfamiliar with the kinds of skippers, captains who are basically come off as assholes cause they're just shouting all the time about what sure. to do. Um, and I'm, it's fine. I like to sail. So, uh, we show up, um, the skipper captain is like, things are a little in disarray on the boat. And he's like, you know, we've got a couple days to get ready. And he's like, I hope you guys will come down and help me. Like there's things that need to get done. And so I was like, okay. And Fran's like, you know, he's a little put off. He's like, you know, but I get it. Like he's a little frazzled and we're going to get these things done. So Fran's like kind of pushing him to get things in order. Now I want to state very clearly, Fran comes from a boat. Fran has his own boat, very ship shape, like the model of ship shape. It's very tidy. It's clean. It's well kept. Um, things are where they need to be, you know, backup emergency pieces of equipment where they need to be, you know, generally like a well-maintained, really fun boat to sail on. Like a boat that's owned by a, a former Navy Admiral. Right. The exactly. very model of a modern Navy Admiral. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. So, um, and, and not pretentious. It's not like a, it's not the largest boat in the Marina by far. It's just a lovely, wonderful boat to sail on. It's just perfect. It's just perfect. And um, just the right size. Anyway, I can't say enough nice things about Fran. Just a really amazing human being, like just fantastic. So I've met Fran. I also like Fran. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we are on the boat uh, there. We're in the we're in the marina. We're kind of working on getting things together. We're both like cleaning things up. Um, and it comes to light that there's some new electronic things that need to be set up. And so that's mm. something Fran kind of knew I was good at. And I was like, yep, I'll take care of that. So I kind of start working on the electronic stuff and get some, I, I there was some like, I think there was like some new navigation screen or something that need to be installed somewhere in the, like in the cabin or maybe up on the, in the cockpit. Um, anyway, that kind of goes well. And then the other thing that, uh, he purchased was a, um, it's like a, I can't remember the exact name of it right now, but it's basically a, um, it's an auto steer mechanism that's completely mechanical and it keeps the boat pointing towards the wind, it, it pointing towards the direction of wind that you set it to. So what that means in sailboard terms is like you have the wind maybe coming off of the bow at some degree angle. You can set this sort of weather vane looking thing that extends down into the water. And so whichever way the wind blow, like no matter how the wind blows, it will always keep the boat pointing at that same angle to the wind, which is important for setting sails. And so you can set the sails, dial this thing in, and then you don't really have to steer so much. You can kind of let the boat continue to sail on that. And so as long as the wind stays fairly steady, you'll stay fairly on course. Um, it's not to sail on course, it's to sail on the wind, right? Right. It's not like a GPS auto nav where it's like, you know, move from one GPS point to the next. It's more like move from, you know, move across the wind at a fixed angle and keep it that way. Mm -hmm. So this thing is not installed and it's, um, it's heavy and it's a big, it's its own kind of sail. Like it's probably when it's all assembled, it's probably about 12 feet long with the sail sticking out of the water and a similar rigid keel Mm. or rigid, um, 
rudder. Rudder, thank you. Rigid rudder sticking into the water. And then it's got these big metal braces that kind of brace it to the side of the boat. And he's just like, we're just going to install this. And it's just like the four of us, like, you know, no one has a lot of construction, you know, construction knowledge or whatever. And it's going to be um, a piece of cake. He's like, it's going to be a piece of cake. That's all we got to do. What could go wrong? (laughs) So this involves, of course, like, Creating some kind of like floating platform off the back of the stern say, of the boat. Is it a problem that the boat is in the water while you're yeah, installing this? Yeah. It sounds like you might need a raft. Yeah. Have like, you tried to build a raft? You can. Right. <laughs> so we're we're sitting there, and um, you know, there's a rubber dinghy involved. There's some like floating platform that he borrowed dinghy. from another friend. Um, you know, and it's it's a lot of like. You know, a lot of bolts fall into the ground, into the water, and people are, you know, and and the captain is swearing every time and yelling at everyone else, even though it's 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 becoming really clear that he's the one that's the real problem. And so right. I was like, I I kind of like looked at Fran and I was like, hey, like let me let me kind of work on this a little bit and see if you can get the captain over there. And so I kind of got it set up and in place, and I was like, look, like we're gonna do this, and then. Um, Smee was like great and he grabbed the drill and we just basically drilled some holes in the side of the boat and put this thing on there and it was done. Um, and that took, so this was already, this was like a three day project. Like this yeah. really extended, there was sealing it. Um, Fran and I ended up doing most of the sealing work. There was another guy who came along and like consulted on the placement of it and like, you know, just got really out of hand. But in the end we got it on the boat. Um, and then we get to the point where, so all of this is like, it's really clear that the captain's pretty difficult to get along with. I'm discounting it as like, this is stressful for him. He's trying to move his whole home. He mostly You're lives on the so boat. You're being so gracious. And, and I'm like, you know, and Fran's, Fran's kind of like me. He's like, you know, okay, like I get it. Like it's a little stressful. We'll get it. Well, once we get underway, things will be relaxing and we'll be, you know, it's a really nice sail down the coast. And um, so we, we kind of get to a point where now it's time to get food and the captain's like, great, like, you know, if he gave it like, I forget how it worked. He's like, if you get a receipt, I'll pitch in or something. <laughs> and the thing you have to understand is like, generally the expectation is that when you crew like this, yes. you're paid hand or in this case, we're not paid, but we're for sure not paying our way. Right. And so Fran, that's where Fran really kind of stepped in and like pushed. I had no idea about any of this. I was like, great. I, this is like my real first experience in like any kind of like, non-recreational sailing like real sailing where things matter right um i've spent plenty of time on large boats in the bay and in the in the ocean but nothing like overnight like long overnight voyages and things like that or where you have to like actually get somewhere by a time yes yeah so we're already about five days behind the time when i thought we were gonna oh my god but the captain of course is he's like no we're fine we're on schedule and i'm like okay but you're we're eating up the time that i'm gonna be able to be on the boat because at some point i'm you know i have to get back to my life and, um, you know, and Fran's retired and Smee had like just quit his job and was collecting unemployment and he's like, fuck it. And so I was the mm-hmm. only one who was like, um, I have to, yeah, like, you know, I mean, I can be pretty liberal. Like I was like, I'd already thought I was like, if we're five days over, that's fine. That's within my, like, I knew that we, you know, you get on a boat. It's not like I'm going to be there in 20 mm-hmm. minutes. It's like, I don't know. We'll see, like allow for, you know, some deviation from landing times allow for wind allow for wind right. etc yeah <laughs> so um we get the we get the boat mostly provisioned fran thankfully like pushed the captain to actually pay for the food that was going to stock the boat and that worked out okay and we kind of get to the day to leave and get on the boat and that's fine and and um and at this point i'm kind of excited and things are feeling okay and and the captain's still not super nice but it's fine like we're you know we get underway and we have to motor out and get some 
think we had to go buy some diesel, which really just involved like filling up. So he has a, it has a diesel engine to, mm -hmm. you know, in case there's no wind and, um, and the diesel engine is noisy and smells like diesel and it's yeah. in the middle of the mm -hmm. boat. And so when it's running, it's not super great. Right. Um, so it's better to sail. So we get the diesel, we get out of the bay and now we're like out on the ocean and we're heading south and we're going to, um, I can't remember what the first uh, Puerto of Varata, I think, or something is the first kind of major Mexico city, like Mexican, not Mexico city, but the first city in Mexico or in Baja where we're going to go stop and get our passports, uh, get our visas and get everything up aboard. So it's in the evening. We're kind of sailing away from San Diego and it's getting towards dinner time. And the captain's like, all right, we're going to have hamburgers for dinner. We'll just fire up the barbecue. And so he's, so there's like a little, uh, was the stove maybe i think it was the stove i don't remember exactly but some propane heating situation right. so i'm i'm up on deck kind of hanging out just sort of like managing the sails and fran's kind of skippering which means he's at the helm and um and then the captain's like oh son of a bitch like why won't this thing work and so the stove doesn't work and so mm. now it's like uh -oh. none of the propane is working. And so he's like, I know what it is. It's that stupid, you know, the solenoid valve isn't firing. So like, you know, if you have an RV or you're familiar with working with propane, that's like in a fixed place. Usually there's some kind of like safety valve that mm -hmm. shuts it off and you need to turn that on. And in this case, it was electric. And so I'm now immediately flagged as the person who needs to fix it because no one else on the boat really understands how anything works. Electricity. Electricity wise. Works. Fran pretty serviceable um yeah the rest of the crew eh. um especially the captain who did a lot of the work himself and he's like i know ah. what to do but it became really clear that i was much better at it and mm -hmm. so he's already like leaning on me to do it and i'm already like well, i'm hungry so i'm gonna do this and not let it become more of a disaster right. now that we're on the water and there's no stopping for <laughs> home depot yeah this um, is why you only get hard tack by the way lady for listeners right yeah. yes hard tack is it's so versatile i mean you can eat it yep you can put it on your feet and wear it like a shoe. You can uh -huh. build with it. You can build with you it. You can <laughs> smack people around with it or mm -hmm. use it Good to fend off situation. a biting dog or bear. <laughs> yes. I bet it would even come in handy at a bisexual orgy. I mean, yeah. Pre I mean, it's like, it it's practically like it currency at a bisexual Yeah, orgy. I mean, you just, you need fuel. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> a fuel. lot of Keep frenetic going. motion. And, <laughs> right. That's If it was good enough for the English Navy, I mean, that was... Just a homosexual orgy. Right, so. right. right. <laughs> just a hot ticket with a jump over to bisexual orgy. Right. right. Yeah. So let's All right. so first bring hard tack to your next right. bisexual first orgy. Mistake. Or sailing voyage. Or sailing, right. Or sailing. First right, mistake, right. not bringing enough hard tack. Yeah. So uh, so captain's like, hey, can you have a look at this? So I um, I go down into the, down below, down, down below decks. Below decks. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely below decks. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the lower decks and um, I'm down there and there's a That's um, the head. The, oh, right. Yeah. So I pull the circuit breaker panel um, off of the like the wall there. And what did you find? And what I found was. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like I think it's an episode in Portlandia <laughs> where they're like they go shopping for the perfect gift and then they go and. um and man, what's Jeff his name? Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum yes. is like come into my shop, and then he has the perfect thing for them, and it's a it's some iPod headphones that are have been tangled in somebody's oh, pocket, yes. hopelessly tangled, <laughs> Hopeless, hopelessly tangled. So um, imagine that just, but 
just compounded by the fact that there's just it's just a rat's nest of wires like it's just i pull it off and it's like there's wires soldered to themselves there's like you know a bunch of wires over in a clump with a bolt through them like making them all connect to each other and some like <laughs> you know electrical tape wrapped around it a few times and that's just sort of that's tucked how away. you get a closed system <laughs> yeah and then um, and so Pretty i'm sure just, that's how circuits work i'm like looking at this and i'm like all right well i'm gonna need a multimeter and i'm gonna yeah. need um, so you're not going to just start reaching your hand in there yeah. and find out what's lying and, the hard way. Yeah. And so he's captain's like, oh, okay, no problem. I got that. And then so half an hour later, him swearing about how somebody must have moved it and oh. him pulling these bags of just like, he's like, no, 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 that's it. And so there's in boats, there's like storage places mm -hmm. like everywhere because you have to store stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's just pulling like all these like, you know, lifting up cushions and looking under benches. And he's like, I think it's <laughs> under there and pulling bags out. And it's just it's just kind of like it becomes apparent that there's no rhyme or reason about where right. things go. Oh, no. Um, and every time he finds something, he's like, I don't know who put this there and here and it shouldn't have been here. It has a place and everything should be in its place. He keeps saying, but you're like, okay, sure. But yet somehow nothing is in its <laughs> yes. place. Captain should do minimal checks and right. chips before when, leaving. Yeah. When we were younger, there was someone who lived at our house named Mr. Nobody who would always take our stuff and put it in strange places. And my mom would ask us, did you put your things away? And we'd say, yeah. And she'd say, then who put them someplace strange? And we'd be like, Mr. Nobody. Because <laughs> it was us. Right. <laughs> and we were kids. Yes. I mean, Meg, it sounds like uh, uh, this poor captain, I mean, has a real Mr. Nobody. He does. He yeah. does. Yeah. I mean, it's that's clearly up. the only only logical explanation. We weren't lying. Right. And now he sails on boats. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he does have a dog, this lovely, <gasps> like, shaggy kind of poodle looking dog, like really curly hair. She was super. Is he, she on he, the boat? Yeah. And she oh. loves it. She's oh, really okay. into it. Yeah. And he, he's really kind to her, which is a Where saving is grace in all of this. the dog go to the bathroom? So there's a. Um, in the electrical box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a. Um, Place for everything. He has a, he has like some fake turf that he puts up oh, on the deck. Oh, it's like pad trained. Yeah. <gasps> and the dog will just go on that and, and then you just shake it off in the ocean. Yeah. Oh my oh. God. I love that. That's yeah. cool. No, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. It works it's really reusable. well. Reusable. Yeah. 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 And um and the dog's great. She's this you know, is apropos of nothing, but I feel the need to confess to listeners and all of you at this table, my mother is a dog trainer. Oh. Yes. She's I would awesome. never have known that, having only <laughs> met your mother once. <laughs> she was yeah. your mother was um surprising <laughs> and uh delightful that I got to meet her and hang out with her for a moment. Aww. And she has great she had a new dog oh, and her own dog. You. And she was, um, yeah, she's really great. Uh, she's a lot, obviously. She's mm -hmm. a bit like. Um, Nonstop. I love her. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I think your mom's great. Like, you know, it's like you just have to know what you're getting into. Yes. right? And now that yes. I know that I wouldn't, I wouldn't engineer a situation where I was say like stuck on a train with her for 52 hours or straight or something, boat. but I would, or yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mm, <laughs> I need to have, I need to like ease into that one is all sure. I'm saying. Okay. I wouldn't just be like, yeah, sign me up for like a week in a, you know, a space capsule with your mom. Um, you're going to Mars. Good yeah. to know. Although, I imagine if you found yourself in that situation, your mom would not be the worst person to get stuck in a space capsule with. Good husbandry skills. Yeah. For when you get yeah. there. That's yep. right. Yeah. And I mean, everything I know about 
like managing people, I, I learned from my mom. Like yeah. behavior modification principles are <laughs> somewhat universal. So right, right. there yeah. is that. By the end of it, I'd be able to do all the things I'd really hoped I could get right, myself right, to do. Right. Yeah. And she's pretty type A and, and yeah. they're usually pretty good at getting things done to some degree or another. Yeah, but yeah. You'd be really well trained by the end of it. Right, right, right. 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 Yeah. There was our feature creep for, for yes. episode. Yes. Oh, Dog and there training. will be no more of that. None. No. None. We can nip that in the bud. Right. Back to the story. So there I am with this rat's nest of electrical cables just running and they're all, and you can't get the panel very far out because some of the cables are too short and so you don't want to break uh, anything. So yeah. I'm like kind of, you know, down there reaching around. I've got a flashlight at this point. I've got the multimeter. I've mostly identified um, at least the general area where I want to start looking for. And so I know what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is a... Um, a cable that is going to connect to the solenoid valve on the propane tank so that it will turn it on to function. Like function. Yep. Um, and so I was able to kind of trace that back. I kind of found where that came out of the solenoid and got eyes on ah. it and kind of trace that back. And eventually I find it kind of into the nest and find a place and find where lo and behold, it's just not connected to anything. Uh, that would make sense why it doesn't work. Yeah, it's yes. not surprising. So then, um, but at this point, well before that happened, um, we're underway and we're, you know, tacking back and forth. And I generally... Can you explain tacking I was just for say, people you who don't explain understand tacking? Yeah. what tacking is? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Sure. A, Can I explain thing? it yes, and then see sure. if I get it wrong yeah, or right? Yes. Great. Let's talk about it. Uh, uh, tacking is when you sail across the wind so as to have movement in the direction you would like to go when the wind uh, is not headed in that direction. Okay. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. So another. And it involves adjusting the jib. Yes. So. Meg is um, making a very impressed face. Yeah. It's pretty close. So generally. Good. (laughs) There are two. So what you. About crossing the wind is true. And what we're talking about is the real. The difference between. There's kind of basically two moves in sailing or two kind of turns that you would hear. There's a tack and a jibe. Yes. And so when you're tacking. The wind, the direction of wind, so the source of where the wind is coming from, moves across the bow. Right. From one side of the boat to the other across the bow. And a jibe means... And that that kind of means, for people who don't have a sense of a boat, that means the wind is sort of blowing into your face. Yeah, if you're facing in the direction that the boat is pointing and the wind is blowing directly into your face, you're directly pointing into the wind. And so if you go to the left or the right, then you're moving into a left or you're moving into a port or starboard tack. Which is left and right, respectively. See, fancy so, words. Yeah. So you're moving forward, but you're also moving side to side. Yeah, and you're also moving side to side because a sailboat can't sail directly upwind, wind. but really modern sailboats get real close now because of the way the wind and the sails work and all of the aerodynamics, which is another fascinating topic. Aerosplanodynamics. Aerosplanodynamics, yes. <laughs> so, um, so I, at this point, um, the boat is moving on the water and there's pretty good swells. So it's kind of moving up and down and I generally swells don't mean waves waves. Yeah. So I generally don't get, um, seasick too bad, but in this case I'm down below and, uh, it's kind of warm and there's not a lot of moving air down mm. below and I'm staring at really close work. 
Oh, sure, with all the wires. With and all the wires. And you like have to reading focus. In a car. And I have to focus. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really like very much like reading on a car at this mm-hmm. point for me. And I start to get seasick and I'm just like, oh, God. And so I, of course, just I'm like, well, I got to push through. I'm really like I'm on the problem now. So by the time I finish solving it and get the solenoid working so we can have dinner. Oh, by the way, at one point I'm like, okay, Captain, like what thing do you want to give up on this panel? Right. Because what system can we turn off for now so that we can have dinner? Because clearly you disconnected the solenoid valve in order to use whatever this thing was. I don't remember what it was, but some other thing. And he's like, oh, no, you should be able to. And he wanted to like double him up on something. And I'm like, okay, that's going to cause problems. And finally, I figured out a solution that like, you know, I was like, forget it, forget it. I'll take care of it. And I think what I ended up doing was like doubling up some light system or something that I felt was relatively. I mean, the worst that would happen is we turn all the lights on and the fuse breaker would blow as opposed to some other more critical system. Sure. So like internal cabin lights. So I got that worked out. Oh, Um, so you just like doubled up with the external lights, the directional ones that show people your, yeah, your port yeah. and I was like the most critical, like, yeah, like yeah. any, and like any kind of like radio system or anything that yeah. was important. So good call. Yeah. Good call. So, um, so I get it fixed and I'm just like, I, I was so seasick. I immediately, when that's done, I go up and they all, they're You're ready for dinner, ready for dinner. Yeah. So I go up on the deck and I'm just like hurling over the side for a bit. <laughs> oh. And, um, and I kind of get that done. And then Shmi brought me some water and then Fran was very kind. And he's like, you know, just, just chill and let the cold air blow in your face. And, mm-hmm. and I, at this point, um, they, they're all having dinner and I'm like, you know what? I'll stand first watch while you guys have dinner. Cause I'm not going down right, right. now. I'm going to stay up here. I've like, you know, yeah. so I'm kind of standing watch, which is basically standing watch means that you're looking out for obstacles and you're going to alert people if there's a maneuver that you can't do by yourself or you're keeping the boat on, on, you mm-hmm. know, on track or on course. So I, I'm standing watch, they go down to eat at this point. I'm thinking that. You know, I like I don't remember how to describe it other than just the most horrible unending agony of like every time the boat goes up, I feel mm. worse and every time it goes down, I feel worse than the moment before mm. and it's just constant constant movement. Horrible. Horrible. Oh, and churning, I'm thinking to myself constant churn. Yeah, just constant. Inward and outward. <laughs> oh, this is getting to me to see. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm there just in agony and I'm thinking I've chosen the wrong hobby. Right. <laughs> I, I had recently bought my own sailboat maybe a year or two before or like maybe even a year before, not that long. Questioning was, all of your life choices. I was like, <laughs> I no, I had no question in my mind. I was like, I'm gonna get back and I'm going to sell my, my boat, boat. <laughs> and I'm gonna be done with sailing and I'm gonna hang out with Fran on the dock and I'm gonna go have beer with him in the yacht club, but I am not getting on boats anymore. This is insane. I don't know why anyone would ever think this was a fun thing to do. I so, hear tell that when you sell your boat it's the second happiest day after when you buy your boat. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, funny. That's, it's so, funny. Yeah. I for a moment there, like when I first bought my boat, I was very excited, and then really quickly it went downhill for a long time. <laughs> and it was, um, and I, there was this moment where I was like, "Fuck, it was just, this is true. It's just don't don't buy a boat. There's only two good days: the day you sell it and the day you buy it." Right and there, you it. go. Um, but thankfully, since then I've had some really great days, and I I don't feel that way, but. That day that we had to go pick your boat up after getting painted and we tested the motor all across the bay and yes. it was really, really slow going and we yeah. were just screaming bloody murder about how angry our families make yes. us the whole trip across the bay. Just like yelling into the wind. Oh, that, that sounds was such cathartic. a good day. It was, was super amazing. good. Yeah. yeah. We were just chilling. That's when you met my brother. 
That's right. Yeah, because he picked us up at the Yacht Club after oh, that. Oh, man, that was such a weird time. Yeah, it was a really weird time. Wow. Now, Meg, is yeah. this when you also discovered like the the sheer, uh, what, existential uh, awakening that was sailing? I think was the first time we went sailing on Damon's birthday when he got that speeding ticket. Yes, so yes. it was May 10th of 2019. 2019. 2019. Yep. May mm-hmm. 10th of 2019 was the first day I experienced yes. this year. Joy. Yeah, you guys I will come add out. this to my mental timeline of yep. you Damon's as a person. Birthday. That was a good, that was a fun time too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was a different time. I think you'd come out by yourself or because I don't remember. I, I don't know why Damon would not have gone with us otherwise. Um, he was definitely with us on the boat while we were traveling the where when we took it not for his birthday. I mean when oh. we when we were testing the motor and we just did it the was pickup. just me and you that day. yeah that's what I mean yeah. yeah so the day that we were yelling cathartic anger at our families into the wind while we motored because we didn't sail because it was just the two of us and it, right. and we just decided it was a little much to work the sails. I think you hadn't sailed that, a lot at that well point. that and the the outboard motor had we had just fixed the motor do that's you remember right. yes and we yes. wanted to put it under stress so that yep so we were like let's make sure it can get all the way across the bay because because if you go yes. sailing out and you're out anywhere worse than the bay, yeah, you, you want to be able to want to be able to motor it back in. And yeah. so we we could have sailed. I think it was a very windy day. Yeah, I think we could have. We just were testing. I think the part of the reason it took us so long is because it was very windy. And I remember it being a little bit choppy compared yep. to other times yeah. we've been out sailing. Yeah, and that was kind of fun. The part of the fun of it was like and another thing, and then the wave <laughs> would like drop you a little bit, yeah. and then you'd like go up again and like drop a little bit, and it's like bouncing up and down and screaming into the wind and like uh-huh. back and forth it was great so really that sounds that like trip. using the motion of the ocean to help like you know uh uh get out these expel. difficult expel these feelings which mm-hmm. sounds yes. a bit like the opposite of where ned was yes, yes. not to expel yeah. with the motion of the ocean Ooh, i was connection i was just yeah that's exactly it was so miserable and i was just like this is it this is the end of my sailing career it's fine yep. i was fine with it i was happy mm-hmm very concise decision making. Um, and so uh, so that night, so where we were sailing was from San Diego to uh, Puerto Vallarta, where we, um, so we were going to dock. We docked. Where you pretty, entered international waters. Yeah, we entered international. Well, we actually, really, really you we entered never, we just Mexico's went from, commercial yeah, we zone went from US waters to Mexico's, right, right, right. Or Mexico's coastal, water. coastal, <clears throat> coastal waters. Yeah, we were coastal the whole time. We weren't, we weren't in blue water. Could all, you but. see land the entire time you sailed down? No. Okay. Um, but most of it. And um, and so we, that night, I was just, you know, they're like, oh, do you want dinner or whatever? And I was like, fuck, fuck you. Like, yeah. I'm not eating ever again. Like, yeah. I don't want to talk to anybody right now. Um, I didn't go down below the rest of the night. Like, it, I would have gone down there to sleep, but I that wasn't happening. So I just stayed up on deck. And after my watch was over, someone else came up and hung out with me for a while and did their watch. And then, um, and so I, uh, so eventually, like early morning or something, we get into Puerto Vallarta and we go, um, we dock and I get on land and I was like, oh, thank God. I I didn't stop being seasick oh. even like until we got on land. Oh, and God. then when you get on land, you're still fucked because I'd been on the boat for I think like 18 hours or something at that point. And so the land felt uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. it wasn't moving the way that I was trying to get accustomed to. Mm -hmm. And so getting on land didn't fix it the way I'd hoped to. I get that just from being on a fucking treadmill. Yeah. Like when I get off the treadmill, I'm like, Oh, I, my, like my motor skills aren't working right. Yeah. Yeah. I get a little bit of that. 
much less a long boat ride on like choppy seas. That Those would be crazy. moving walkways at the airport. Yes. See, we all know. Yeah. yeah These are exactly the same. Exactly, exactly the same. same as 18 hours on a boat. Yes. Trying. Yep. Yeah. We've been there. Now. Trying not yeah. to hurl. No need trying to not to hurl. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. My so I'll, five I'll, seconds I'll, on a moving walkway. Trying to move I've been on. to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. So, uh, as Ben said, just like the, uh, just like the airport, <laughs> he's been there. Um, so we get to Puerto Vallarta, we get off the boat. I'm really trying to like get my bearings and like I'm my hope is that I'm going to recover enough that when I get back on the boat, I won't be immediately re-triggered. Right. Um and so we kind of wander around. Um I think the plan was to spend that night there. Some of the details are gonna be a little fuzzy, but the bulk of the story should be correct. <laughs> so um also it doesn't matter. I really hope that no one involved in this story here's this um so we go we get we go get our passport stamped and there's some like supplies we need to buy or something and captain is like you know running us around all over the the town and then eventually we go back and sleep on the boat where i kind of am okay about sleeping down below at this point i'm really not i think i think that night i kind of tossed and turned in my bunk for a bit and then just ended up sitting up on the top and like i think actually i went and sat on the dock like there was a rigid part of the dock that I just went and sat on for most of the night. Um, oh, so to clarify, did you sleep while you were docked or have you just not slept in like two days at this point? At this point, um, at this point it will have been almost 24 hours since I had slept. Okay. Um, and we, uh, yeah, I think it was almost 24 hours. And then I think sometime in the wee morning of the hour, like in the morning, I went back down into my bunk cause I was so tired. Mm-hmm. I wanted to lay down. That was really the only place that was like remotely acceptable. And so I went and laid down there and I think I passed out for a few hours. Like I do remember kind of sleeping um, and getting up in the morning and still feeling like seasick and like kind of just. Ugh. And so I was just drinking a lot of water and purging it when it had to be done, but trying not to. Um, and uh, so then we take off and we had now now the bulk of the trip's going to happen. And so we get out of the port and we go now out. Now the bulk of the trip starts. Yeah. <laughs> now here's where the story begins. Yeah. yeah. So here's ah, okay. where the story is going to start. So now. there are some events and I don't remember exact chronological order. Um, I'll try to get them correct and you guys will have to just fact check me or just like, sure. you know, if any listeners are aware of how this actually happened, please write in and let me know. Um, All three of the people on the boat with you are eagerly listening right now yeah, right, and are just right. firing off an angry letter. That is not how I remember it. <laughs> Um, yeah, actually, if you do want to email us, you can email our executive assistant, Dana, that's D-A-N-A at FCBM.io, and she'll get your angry letter uh, to whoever we need to get it to. <laughs> uh, yeah. Send us your angry mail. Right? Um, it's kind of like screaming into the wind. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so we uh, we get underway, and now we're out on the water, and, um, oh, so <laughs> I forgot to mention. So meanwhile, <laughs> we're in, we're at port and we're docked and the captain, I didn't, I missed a lot of this, but Fran's kind of like filling me in. He's like, yeah, captain's like, he's pissed because they wouldn't let him use shore power because he had some fault with his wiring. And so when he plugged it in, they're like, uh, nope, you can't, you can't plug in. Mm-hmm. And he's mad. He's like, no, it's fine. I just had this whole thing fixed and did all this work on it. And it's great. And I don't know what they're talking about. And they don't, okay. So that's, that's the thing. So, um, 
now we're kind of underway and once we get out of the port where the water is calm typically in ports relative to oceans and by calm like it doesn't have the like rolling swells of the sea mm-hmm. that you just really very rarely don't have in body large bodies of water so we go out and now we hit the like the swells again or the waves and um <laughs> And it's immediately back and I'm just immediately like in the worst feeling of my life. And I'm looking at Fran and I'm just like, Fran, I'm just going to chill out up here and try to do the best I can. He's like, all right, no problem. So I haven't eaten. I've only slept a little bit. I'm drinking a lot of water, which helps, you know, to try and keep yourself hydrated and not just like die from dehydration. Um, And so I, uh, I'm like not doing well. And, and Shmi is like, Hey, he's like, I know you haven't eaten much. He's like, I, He's like, I, he gave me, he had some, uh, Dremamine, which is like, it's too mm-hmm. late if you're yeah, already seasick to take it. Um, he's like, you could, I'm like, no, I know. I think I ended up taking one anyway. Cause you just get so desperate. Right. That didn't help. It just made me drowsy and fucking fucked up. <laughs> um, which is almost it's worse. So much right? worse. Yeah. I was going to say, cause yeah, you, what you want to do is fall asleep, uh, certain that you're going to wake up puking. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> In just a roll confined me on my side. space. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> So, um, and I'm a very large man. I I mean, Meg and I are basically the same size. So, um, yeah, yeah. I was surprised to, to find two people so close in size (laughs) and so much bigger than me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's striking. I mean, I'm a large woman, so it was impressive. Well, I think it's a big appeal of the podcast because that, that comes through the audio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I picked that up like immediately. I'm sure. Like I wasn't even to the second episode. You like heard the sound of my voice. (laughs) That man is huge. (laughs) Just like Meg. Just Just like like Meg. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah. So sleeping on a boat. So the bunks are not even as wide as a, um, like a single or what what do you Mm -hmm. call those? A twin, I guess, or, Mm-hmm. Twin is the size. Twin yeah. is the size, but whatever the most smallest U.S. mattress size. Oh, is. that's a dorm room. Dorm room, a dormer. <laughs> yeah, dorm room size. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not even that wide. It's it's sure. real narrow, um, and they're barely long enough for me. I'm six two, and so I can usually they're oftentimes six feet. Mm-hmm. Um, these ones I think were six feet, so it's like there's two inches I got to work like yeah. figure out where to just suck in somehow. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, my head's like right up against a board and my feet are like kind of splayed and my knees are punk. Anyway, <laughs> sleeping, not great. Um, but when you're tired and tired enough, just being able to lay down is kind of amazing. I mean, think yeah. about like being on an airplane, right? And right. just like, I'd love for a coffin right now. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> if only I was in a coffin. Yeah, exactly. So um, anyway, sleeping on the boat, not great. So uh, Shmi comes up and he's like, hey, so I, you know, maybe these things would work. He'd like talk to somebody because he'd never really been on a long voyage either. And someone had said to him that he's like, I get seasick a little bit. And he's like, they told me apples and peanut butter. This guy just said apples and peanut butter <laughs> just fix it every time. And so he hands me a little like single serving of peanut butter in like a, um, you know, those little peel packets, yeah. like, you know, like you'd get at a diner or something mm-hmm. kind of like that. And he's like, you know, if you just, you know, and he's like, I have an apple. And I was like, I don't know. So he kind of set the apple down and I had the peanut butter. I'm just holding it. And I'm just like staring out at the water, trying to like get the wind in my face and not feel terrible. And every time I think about the peanut butter, I'm just like close to her. Like, and, um, at some point I'm just like really hungry and yeah. I was like, okay, I'm just going to take a bite of it. And I eat the peanut butter and almost immediately feel better. 
Like it just like something about the way the peanut butter goes down and like coats the top of my stomach and mm-hmm. like suddenly all the churning that's going on down there just like settles out. And I was like, I'm fine. Wow. Good to go. Let's do this thing. And I don't know if that was just like coincidental, like hit the turning point where now I'm like less seasick and now I'm more hungry and like wiped out. And I really what I needed to do was just eat a little bit of food and go to bed. Um, but anyway, eat the peanut butter. I then go pass out for a while and now I'm like on board and feeling good. So um, at this point... Uh, now the story can start. Yeah, now the story can start. So... Uh, <laughs> right. So <laughs> now... Okay, so now we've actually sailed a bit away from land because there's like the way... I th- I think the idea is we were trying to get out and get some like good wind. And so we've sailed far enough away we really can't see the coast anymore. And it's, this is like day three, day this two? This is day two, day three. Yeah. Kay. Um, we're, we're off and now also there's no, like, there's no cities to see. There's no towns. There's really no lights. We're just out in the middle of the ocean, um, you know, away from the, away from the shore. We can't see it anymore. And, um, and we're, oh, and there's not a lot of wind. And so we're Mm. motoring, Mm. which means that there's a diesel engine running Mm. in the boat and it smells like diesel and it sounds like a diesel engine, which is just like a low constant rumble. Yep. Um, which is a whole thing with the captain because there's a whole thing about um, the way that his boat set up. When you turn the engine off, you have to pull the floor, the decking plates up and you have to basically stop the boat. So it's not moving through the water, rotate the shaft, the propeller shaft inside of the boat to a certain point where he has like kind of a system of janky ropes that will like secure it so that it doesn't spin while you're sailing because the, you know, the sure, water moving the by water. The, would, yeah. yeah. And so this is like indicative of the way his boat works. Right. Also, at this point, now that we've been running it for a day and now there's a little bit of wind and he's like, great, we're going to stop it. And we do that procedure. He's like, I think we need to do an oil change because I didn't do one before we left. <laughs> oh, so sweet. now, now we're doing an oil change in the middle of, you know, while this is so, you know, I'm down there again, down in the fucking bottom of the boat, like schlepping fucking disgusting oil and yeah. Right. Um, so that's going on. Then there's, um, so at some point we're using the, the GPS to do like the auto navigation or kind of like set the course and, um, but this thing you spent three days installing. No. Oh, okay. okay. So that's a separate thing. Cause there's not enough wind to use that yet. So gotcha. we're using the auto nav, which is that the GPS drives this chain drive driven thing that moves the tilt or moves the wheel, like the, sure. the boat wheel that drives the rudder. And so, um, which will come up later. So noted. And he's real touchy about when it's a lot on. of details. He's real touchy. <laughs> I've the got captain's them all in my like, head right boats, now. man. He's like, don't fucking touch the wheel when the autopilot's on because it'll break the chain or it'll like skip the chain and the autopilot will break. So you can't, you know, and he's like, and, and of course, to be clear, he's yelling at all of us who he says it one time and we're like, great. Yeah. You're all we have good. no trouble not touching the wheel. <laughs> I mean, my, if as I understand it, the person captaining or skippering yes. is the person touching the wheel. Yeah. Okay. So, so the captain who is yelling at us about not touching the wheel is by far the worst offender. I'm just watching it right. happen all the time. <laughs> um, by the way, Ned, is that typical that with these auto navs that you're not supposed to touch the wheel? Um, I think modern ones, it's not so bad. Like they usually have like a safety system. Um, you really don't want to touch the wheel because the wheel is usually really strongly mechanically linked to the rudder and it needs to move the rudder. And so usually modern ones probably have a system where it, like if you touch the wheel, it disengages and you have to turn it back on or something. Mm -hmm. Um, this system not set up so much like that. The system is like when it's engaged, it doesn't know 
it's just going to fight you. Like if you move it one way, it's going to be like and try to motor it back. Um, and I don't know. I've never really used a lot of them, so I can't say for sure. Um, I would imagine that most of them are. It's more like, hey, don't touch the wheel so we can stay on course. If you do, no big deal. It's going to yell at you. Like some mm. people be like beep, and then you have to go push a button and it'll start all over again. Um, not this case. So, <laughs> so we're like, you know, changing the oil and uh, Fran's up there just watching the system go and um, making sure it's keeping on track. And uh, Fran's like, hey, the the GPS isn't responding. Like we're not, it doesn't, it's not giving us a location. So the auto nav has just mm. already said like, well, I don't have anywhere to go. So fuck off. I'm not working anymore. <laughs> and so captain goes up i like finished cleaning up from the oil change thing or whatever we were doing down there and um some minor maintenance that escapes my memory at this point besides but probably were, should have been done before you left a hundred percent should yeah, have been done before we left or coronado yeah yeah and um and so we go we come up and the auto nav's not working it's just, mm-hmm. just not working it's not getting any power it's not working so uh sorry not the auto nav the gps and so to be clear, on Fran's boat, <laughs> although this would never happen, <laughs> if it did happen, I know that there are paper charts, and I know he would not have left without them because the voyages I've taken with him, he's always very clear about, like, hey, these are where the charts are if you mm-hmm. ever need them. So if you run out of juice or something gets damaged, you still have maps that tell you where you are. Right. Cool. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and it's just as a matter of course, and it's anyway. Sounds like you're foreshadowing that the captain did bring the charts and everything was fine. Yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody As knew where expect. they were and they were, they were kept right. they were neatly the only all thing. labeled. Yeah. And they yeah. were the only thing put in the spot where they were supposed to be that Mr. Nobody hadn't touched. Well, right. Like the, right. He said everything has a place. Yep. Yeah. 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 So you're and right. And everything in that place. So, uh, so excellent in, point. So then. instead of using the charts, as you pointed out, that were available, obviously we have a bit of a panic because we need to get the GPS working because charts are a pain in the butt and you'd never want to work them or possibly not have them with you. Um, so we're there. And uh, so once again, it's now my job to go back to the breaker panel and figure out what's going on. And so this is like this maybe thing again with the breaker panel. Yeah. Right. And so I spend another probably hour and a half, two hours um, there. Fran is like, you know, up there kind of trying to help captain figure out how to, well, Fran's up there giving very solid advice. I also want to lay out some things that are developing in the background that I wasn't noticing at first because I was too busy, like evacuating every bit of moisture in my body right, as quickly right. as possible out my face. Um, and uh, there's <laughs> this, yeah. Um, into the wind. <laughs> yeah. Into the wind. I was shouting to the wind, right into the wind constantly. <laughs> with um, your stomach. Out. With shouting stomach. in liquid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um so there we are and i didn't realize that uh the captain and fran are not getting along so well mm. and by i mean captain and fran i mean captain fran understands the situation and is a polite motherfucker and just says everything politely and it's very kind and from my point of view it's not even passive aggressive it's just like you know when someone's like got it i get where our relationship is like let's do the thing no problem mm-hmm. like, totally yeah you know he's happy to like you know if you want to stop being angry at me fine but if you're going to be angry at me fine like we're just gonna i'm just gonna take what you say and keep going like fran's just taking it on the chin like it's no thing and it becomes really clear to me once i like 
kind of am no longer puking and can see with two eyes that uh, <laughs> the captain has a real issue with Fran because Shmi already likes Fran, even though he's never met him. Uh. I really like Fran and we all look up to him in a way that's not, I, I don't think people idolize him so much as like, Oh, this is a really cool guy. Like it's nice to talk to him. And yeah, he is the senior ranking person in any. Group. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice because he's not, he he likes the fact that he's retired and doesn't have to tell people what to do and mm-hmm. he doesn't have to have any responsibility. So he's perfectly happy to just take orders and hang out on the boat. Yeah, but those are sometimes the best people you want to get orders from are the sure. people who don't really, who yeah. aren't that emotionally yeah. invested Absolutely. in anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's also clear that he has good experience with being safe on a boat. Yes. Now, the captain, he doesn't have a military background. He comes from like racing, sail mm. racing. So he's, you know, some, he's, He's basically, as far as I can tell, angry about some race he never won or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is like. um, And so it's really clear to him that he's or to me that he's really trying to make Fran look bad. And like, you know, he's like constantly making comments about I thought you were a better sailor than this. You told me you were, you know, had experience. And like he's just really passive aggressively saying things and like being like kind of a braggart. And the other thing I want to point out is that um, the two oldest gentlemen on the boat, the captain and Fran, uh, have hearing problems. Fran upfront about it has a hearing problem wears hearing aids very kind nice not a not a big deal um i mean i'm sure it's like he's had his own struggle with that like i i don't like when my hearing goes and things like that but anyway that's not the point of it the point is that he's clear about it and he makes an effort to make sure he understood what people say and he tries to let people know that they need to speak up if he's not understanding them sounds like he's he's self-aware he's and very self-aware. tries to be accountable yeah he tries mm. to be accountable and is just really a pleasant person those um, are kind of optional qualities in a tight space with sure the, yeah, yeah when yeah. you when you have to interact with other humans those right are- right and um and so the captain on the other hand <laughs> doesn't like i think he's aware of it but just doesn't care or whatever so he's he shouts generally just you know volume to 11 just if nobody yes. yeah my dad had a friend who was like hard of hearing and you would answer the phone and be like hello and he's like hey is your dad there and you're like dad it's tommy delsing <laughs> <laughs> so uh so there's tension building there like heavily and it's very one-sided in the sense that fran is like ready to like diffuse it at any minute um, and doing the best he can and like really taking a lot of insulting comments, like just like letting him go, letting him go, letting him go, like really class act. I mean, I have to imagine that the, the Navy actually, uh, as an organization really does understand the value of, of interpersonal dynamics yeah, and, yeah. and how, like what makes a team work is really actually t- it's typically the soft skills, not so much like the hard knowledge. Yeah. It's really, it's a very interesting having spent some time with Fran this like last six years seven years now um because i've met a lot of younger navy people because oftentimes he brings in um like cadets and people from the navy contacts that he has and to help them like you know to get them socialized in san diego and go sailing right there's socialized, a huge not like navy he, base in san yeah diego. there's a huge navy base and yeah. so he often has we often have like younger um families or you know wives and husbands and whatever's and um and they're all really interesting people to talk to and it's really interesting because i grew up adjacent to the navy but my mm-hmm. dad was really only shortly in the army i think and then uh my grandfather was navy but that was like world war ii so sure. i didn't really know 
like modern military families the way I've learned to meet them now. And that whole dynamic about the culture in the Navy, it's really interesting to see Fran talk with them. Like people that also were in the Navy, like I watched them talk and there, there is like, um, there, yeah, like I think it's, it's good and bad, right? I mean, like there's some sure. of those things, some of those tasks, of it seems to me that some of the way that they accomplish, um, that structure is through kind of culture, which isn't always great for everybody, but they always are trying to like modify that and make it better. And I, you know, I have a very new respect for our military as an organization. Um, anyway, uh, where was I? So this, this, this sort of tension is building one-sided tension, one-sided tension is building. Um, I mean, at some point it becomes two-sided in the sense that you're just like, dude, I can't, there was this moment where, um, well, I'll get to that. So, um, so we're, I forget where I was. So I'm repairing the na- the GPS now. Like I'm repairing the, repairing the power to the GPS. You're back in the nest. Of, yeah, back of, in the nest. I'm these people it. would have just like died or had to <laughs> turn around at the first city without you on this voyage. I'm I, realizing it's, yeah. All like, the problems have been electrical. <laughs> yeah. It's really been, um, I'm really worried for the safety of alternate universe Fran. I'm I'm emotionally invested in in how an the, alternate universe when <laughs> yeah. you're not there. I'm I just right. I don't know if he's gonna make it. Well, weirdly, that kind of comes up. No, oh. um, and you'll see what I mean as we get <laughs> we get further down. It's just the, there's so much left. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we um so I'm just like losing my mind like just fixing electronic shit on the boat and um, <laughs> and there were a couple instances of that and I'll kind of keep uh so. Um, at some point, things kind of get to a point where I'm, I'm kind of enjoying myself. Other than the tension with Fran and and the captain, um, standing like one of my favorite moments was standing watch at night. Uh, I'm up there. I'm basically just you know making sure the boat's staying on course and no one else is around. And like it's middle of the night. You're on the water. You can't see anything but the stars, stars. and the water. And there's um, there's beautiful bioluminescence in the water uh, and it's just like really peaceful and really cool and we we're actually able to sail in that moment so the engine's not running mm-hmm. and it's just really really just the amazing. sound of like the waves and the wind and the sails exactly yeah and and the way we had the warm um, breeze when we had the stand set up uh, the watches set up the watch schedule um fran and i got to overlap a little bit so we had some good moments in the middle nice. of the night where we got to like hang out for a bit and um yeah just really really fun and uh and not something i'd really done a lot like i like like sleeping alone with four men on a boat like in a very like i'm typically like kind of more private <laughs> I mean, what you describe as like a private pooper you know what yeah. i mean like um and then being in that environment is like very different um and fran's really good at like just make me feel very comfortable you know it's just, yes like, that really just shows. goes and um so i really enjoyed that and i really like that's why i say like even though I knew, like, if I knew everything that was going to happen, <laughs> had we not done it, I'd be like, well, I'm in. Like, mm-hmm. I'll go. Um, and so we get, uh, at some point, we get to, maybe it's like, it's like we're midway down to, I can't remember what port we were going to go to, um, but we were coming down the coast. And so, speaking of private pooper, mm-hmm. I, uh, so the whole thing, like, the captain is like, hey, so th- there's two heads on the boat, and he has his little a private... head is a bathroom on a boat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Good yeah. trivia. So um, there's two heads on the boat. There's the one in the captain's quarters, and then there's the kind of the main one. That we're Proletariat. Using. Proletariat. And, <laughs> Proletariat um, head. Yeah. 
So we go. So That's something I, I go to do my business, and so we're not we're not allowed. Uh, so one of the things about the heads is that you don't put your toilet paper in it, right? Um, and because it will clog it up, and so mm-hmm. that's fine. I'm doing my thing and not putting the toilet paper in there. But lo and behold, toilet's clogged. Mm. So I'm like, son of a bitch, and it's clogged bad. Like I, I had, like you know, I had gotten through not eating, and then I'd like gotten hungry and started eating, and then that was the whole thing. And anyway, it doesn't matter. Toilet's real clogged, like embarrassingly it's, so. It's because of poop. It's because of poop. There's poop in the toilet, and um, and it turns out the toilet wasn't plugged in. Right. <laughs> so much better than that. So, um, but good, the good one. The plumbing is a rat's someone's, nest. Someone's paying attention. Um, <laughs> so we get to, uh, you know, I get to come out and be like, oh, fuck. So I'm like, okay, Captain, like I, you know, I clogged the toilet. And he's like, you know, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to fix it. Like, what do I need to do? He's like, all right, I'll show you what to do. So he shows me how to take it apart and like, you know, do the thing. Oh. So I'm like, okay, no problem. So the first thing we do is basically get a bucket and empty out the toilet manually. And you can imagine what that's involved. <laughs> yes. So the first thing, oh, so the first thing I do is I'm like basically stripping down. I'm like, well, I'm not, uh, I don't have yeah. a lot of clothes. And yeah. I'm like, the way I'm going to get clean is to go jump in the water after this. So mm-hmm. how do you get back onto the boat if you jump off it? Well, you don't actually, I, well, the way you get back on the boat is that they come around and pick you up and you climb up a ladder. But there's I, a little ladder. But the way that you bathe on the boat is there's a bucket, and you just throw it over the side, and you pull up some like fresh water, and you just, or some salt water, and you dump it on yourself, and you rinse, wash, and then do yourself, you know, rinse again, etc. And uh, and the water is pretty warm. I mean, it's not it's not like Hawaii or something, but it's it's you know summertime Baja. So we, uh, so Shmi, that lovely man was like. <laughs> He immediately, like, so Captain is, like, kind of mad at me and yelling at me a little bit for the first time because I can no, do no harm because I'm the one who can fix all the electronics. Right, right. And so the contrast between how much he loves me and how much he hates Fran is, yeah, like, all the, all the annoying sharper. as fuck because mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, if nothing else, you could be grateful for Fran for bringing me along and mm-hmm. you're not. Like, like, you are in the worst way. You're like, well, I'm glad you brought Ned. Like, what a dick. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck you. Turbo also, dick. Turbo dick. Mm-hmm. Um, Fran was amazing and also just a delight to have and also like super helpful in every way right mm-hmm. yes it's like, it and knowledgeable and knowledgeable and, right, and easy all the going things. easy going yeah and um and so <laughs> like shmi is like i'll help i'll help too because i i did actually put some toilet paper down i thought it was fun uh-huh. and i don't know if that's true or whether he just kind of at that point had seen how much the captain was just being a dick to everybody it's yeah like, oh this sucks well let's just do it together and so that was great so him yeah uh, shmi and i like you know, we empty the we empty the toilet out as best you can manually. Ugh. You know, back through the way it came in, and um, and then we kind of like kind of secure the area and kind of clean it up a bit as best we can. And then I begin to take apart the the mechanism, and turns out it's actually not that complicated. It's basically just like a ball valve, and there's like oh, a little macerator yeah. pump, and um, and so I kind of like go through all of that, and and it's clean. I mm-hmm. mean, it's. It's annoying because now I have to like clean out all those pipes and put those in the bucket and dump them over the side. And it's just disgusting work, right? Right. And Especially if you've been quarters. sick for many days, <laughs> yes. I can imagine. Oh, good, good. Uh, good on you for noticing yeah. that. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. I yeah, appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's not great. It's not my favorite by, by a long shot. Uh, so we get to the point where I'm like, okay, well, it still doesn't work. So, um, and at this point, it's become apparent to me that. I already know more about the system mm-hmm. than the captain. It's not that complicated. 
and but I'm like, okay, Captain, like, what do we do next? And he's like, oh, well, you know, there's a port that goes out the side. So we're, you know, it goes out the side of the boat into the ocean, and um, that's where it should be going. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, there's a valve there. Is it open? And it's like, yep, it's open. And and I'm like, okay. Uh, so and and so at this point, I want to preface that before I really got into it, he's like, you know somebody definitely put toilet paper down the toilet because he had that whole system cleaned out before we left, especially the... It was pristine. It was pristine. I paid the guy to clean the ports on the outside, so it's definitely not the ports on the outside. Great. So I devise... uh, I don't know if it was a coat hanger or something. I basically make a snake, you know, Mm -hmm. like a plumbing snake. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, there's only one left, one pipe left, and so I poke it out the side of the boat, and lo and behold that was the problem mm-hmm. and it had nothing to do with anybody putting toilet paper in mm-hmm. or anything like we pull out some old cruddied up stuff that's been in there forever Ugh. and um you know and the captain's like i don't know you know maybe you just didn't do a good job whatever so we put the toilet back toilet back together and it works fine for the rest of the trip Ugh. and i take myself up onto the deck and just like you know douse myself in water and soap yeah. for hours um and it's you hard know, to get it out from underneath your fingernails oh it's so it's so rough um, but you know, and then I go back down and clean up, and then go take another shower. Like it's like <laughs> one of those things where it's just like you're like multiple cleaning cycles yeah. until mm-hmm. you feel like mm-hmm. things are back where they should be. Till you've removed layers of skin. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Till I've removed layers of skin. Um, so now I will just I'll just assume this kind of works best. Or I'll I don't remember exactly the order of things, but at this point we've been off. Um, that's kind of going on, and oh, right. So when we went to the Puerto Vallarta, he was insistent that we all bought fishing licenses. And the way, uh, typically the way fishing works in uh, ocean slash bay, like, you know, vessels is that everyone on the boat has to have a fishing license because they don't have a way to determine who's fishing and who's not. Sure. And so if you take somebody out, you just, like, if you're going fishing, everybody on the boat has a fishing license. If you're not fishing, no one needs to have a fishing license. So, uh, Fran and I are like, well, we don't want to fish. Like, that's whatever. We don't need to fish. And um, it's not a fishing boat. Like, there's, right. if you catch a large ocean fish, like, where are you going to clean it? Like, we're not. So, but whatever. He's like, really insistent we buy fishing licenses, which he made us pay for. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I'd be like, no way, but, asshole. But yeah. this is at this point, we're like already committed, right? right like, we're like, fine, just give me the fucking fishing license. Like, let's go. Um, maybe he, may, no, I take that back. I think he was planning on us paying for them, but Fran made him pay for them. Sure. I think. Um, I might could be wrong. I think I'm Do you want to go through a couple other options that it could be? I think there's only two <laughs> options. I think one is that he paid for it, he didn't, and I'm 90% sure he didn't pay for it. Okay. Um, which means that we paid for them. Yeah. Because um, you definitely had them, and someone yeah. paid for them. Actually, and it probably wasn't I them. think what it was is at this point, Fran felt bad, and he's like, I'll pay for it. I was, was going like, to say, there could be other options. Yeah. There's yeah. four no, of you. I think That's an Fran option. paid for mine feeling so bad that he's like, and I was like, Fran, uh, you don't have to do that, but he he's a class classy guy and he was like nope sure. he insisted I was he like, wears okay. t-shirts that say classy guy all the time, <laughs> all the time right um that's handy he has a trucker handy. mesh hat that's his classy guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so we get to the um uh yeah so we got these fishing licenses so now now somewhere around the toilet cleaning incident um he's starting to throw he throws like a line in the water just like trawling like mm-hmm. dragging behind the boat and I remember Fran, Fran's like, oh, like, what would you catch with that? He's like, I, I don't remember. It was some, like, 
like a dolphin fish or something that's common in the area that are that are supposedly good eating that aren't too big um you know in the realm of like 20 pounds as opposed right. to 50 or 80 or 100 or whatever and mm. and then this cool thing happens and we see all of these marlin f- eating oh. and jumping and like you can see them jumping out of the water and it's really cool and Fran's marlin like, are stunning fish yeah they are really stunning and Fran's like Fran's like well what would you do if you hooked a marlin and, and the captain's like there's no way we'll hook a marlin we're going way too slow it's a, just, just no chance like we won't catch one of those it doesn't matter and um, and Fran's like okay so you can imagine what happened next and and for reference it's, would anyone like to guess about how big a marlin probably is like, oh yeah yeah let's anybody. 300 pound marlin no, I'm gonna guess eighty pounds. Okay, yeah, I mean they're big, like they're really. It, I've, I'm sure. I imagine they're like eighty to one hundred and sixty, maybe okay. depending on. Okay. I don't know. I'd like to say a thousand pound a marlin. Thousand pound marlin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, um, I, I don't know. Someone might want to look it up on their phone while we're uh, email in. Yeah, email in. Yes, yes. Again, Dana at fcbm.io. She will sort you out. Just get a hold of our executive assistant. Screaming into the wind anywhere. Uh, right. <laughs> Dana will hear. Dana will hear. So um, so lo and behold, Fran says that about 10 minutes later, we hook a marlin. <laughs> of course. You can tell it's a marlin because you can see it jumping right. and pulling the line out of the water and just having a day of it. And um, God. And so the captain grabs the... This all happens really quickly. The captain grabs the pole. He shouts at... So Fran and I were on deck and we're under sail. And he shouts at me to grab the helm. And I grabbed... Or like I was standing at the helm. So I grabbed the wheel, turn off the autopilot. Um, or I think at this point we were using the weather vane thing, the like auto wind sailor and not the sure. autopilot. So I like I disengaged that thing, grabbed the helm. Um, Fran goes to manage the mainsail. Um, and... And then uh, he's shouting. He's like, oh, bring it about, bring it about. And like, we're all thinking he's just going to like cut it free. Like, what are you doing? And, and he has. So usually when you fish like big game fish like that, you have like a harness mm-hmm. and the really big pole that's like you can kind of brace against. And, and sometimes it, you like strap in like with a seatbelt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So none of that. Just a, like a large pole that he's kind of like holding on to like with a death grip and shouting at us mm-hmm. like directions to move the boat. And so I'm following... I'm trying to follow his directions as best I can to get the boat because the Marlin was like going to swim under the boat and he wanted us to turn so that the line wouldn't get caught on the keel sure. or something. And um, and so that's mostly what we're doing. So Fran um, directs me to get the jib down so that at least we only have to manage the main. And the jib is the sail at the... F- yeah, it's the head sail. So there's like in a classic sailboat configuration, which is a sloop rig um, that most people think of. They think of a sloop rig, which is like mm-hmm. a triangle sail at the front and a yep. triangle sail at the back. Jib is the front sail. So um, so they get the front sail furled, which is like it's on a roller furler, which means it just kind of rolls up to the front along the front stay. Um, so they get that taken care of. Fran's working the main, um, which is like, you know, we're tacking. Tacking with the main is fine because you move through the wind and the main stays blowing directly behind the boat. Mm-hmm. When you jibe, the the main will whip across because the bo- the wind is blowing from behind the boat and it will drastically change the dynamic of the sail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... 
tacking and jiving is the dangerous maneuver. Especially. That's when people get hit in the head. With yeah, the, yeah. With the and so we are nowhere near land. You can't see it. We're way well away from all the main ports of call at this point. We're like three days in any direction. You're just helpless kittens wrestling a marlin in a little basket. Yeah, and the captain's sh- shouting like obscenities about how we're not quick enough and we need to get this shit. In, <sighs> like you know, and we're trying to line it up, and he's fighting this marlin and. Friends like, shouldn't we cut it free? He's like, no, no, I just want to see it. Like, we won't pull it on board. I just want to see it. Get it closer so we can see it. Uh, so we do this for about an hour and a half. Oh, God. And so we're no longer... So but before this happened, we're making pretty good time down the coast. Right. In the direction we want In the direction to. you need to go. Now we're essentially, from a geographical location, dead stop. We're whipping around in the wind. Is that what sailors call um, Fucked. Fucked. Yeah, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> um, we are not making any headway whatsoever, and we're just spinning around in circles. And the marlin, he's fighting the marlin and shouting about us, move this way and that. I'm starting to feel pretty upset about the fact that um, we're not prepared for this. Like, this is, if somebody got hurt right now, mm-hmm. like, we're not in a good position. Totally and, fine. You know, Fran is a very com- comfortable, good sailor, but he's older and he's not designed, like, He's no longer in the position where he's like, I, what I want is like wind sprints in the sand followed by like dangerous <laughs> rock climbing hanging from a harness or like, you know, using my fingernail. Like that's what, you know, what he's doing it and he's moving the main and I'm trying to like work with him so it's not too unbearable. And um, and this is just a totally voluntary situation. Yeah. I mean, he can just yep. cut. Th- yeah. I mean, yeah, that's to what's be clear, striking about this. <laughs> yes. On a boat this size, managing the main by yourself is not a physically uh, impossible task, but it is a somewhat strenuous task. It's very, yeah, yeah. it's very strenuous. It's very quick because yes. once the wind happens, it's like it's time to pull it in a different direction and managing the main is no, no small feat. It's a very large boat. It's a very large, and it's a very yeah. large sail. Yeah, it's a very large sail. There are pulleys to help you give mechanical advantage, but there's a lot of forces going on here. Right. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, like this is this is exactly what I'm thinking, Ben. Like this is voluntary. Why are you putting us it voluntarily at such risk? Mm-hmm. Um, no, for such wa- little reward. Yeah, to look for, at a fish. <laughs> yes, because like, yeah. I, I just want to see it. Oh, wait, trying to make up for that big, race he lost. Yeah. Wait, wait, about how big are are? Well, I looked it up, and world record marlins back in the day in black and white photos, back before <laughs> we had overfished literally the world, the entire planetary ocean system um the largest black marlin ever caught was 1560 pounds holy shit but these are blue marlins maybe um i don't know okay uh, so a blue marlin off the coast of hawaii in Ah. 1982 was 1376 pounds fuck um, there's also a 1402 pounds two ounces on february 29th 1992 um, so in, very outside large. of Vitoria, no, Brazil. These are None all of like the biggest 80 ever, to 160. Right? There's also the so another, caught, the next one is 494 pounds <laughs> in New Zealand, yeah. and then also there's one record uh, white marlin, 181 pounds near Vitoria, Brazil. So Brazil looks like it has lots and lots and lots of marlins off the coast of it of different types. I think there's something like 12 different. Oh, varieties of types of marlin. Okay. And they all range in size, but the big ones are real fucking big. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, very large range. Um, it, 
who knows how big this fish sure. was because we haven't seen it we yet. haven't seen it i mean we've seen it jumping in the distance and sure. they all kind of look the same and they're really beautiful and very like um really well suited to their environment um mm-hmm. so yeah i've been like i i don't know i don't know why like this is the most of all the things that happened on this trip this is the thing that i just don't get get yeah and yeah. so one of the things that I noticed that happened in the middle of this is that the captain's running around on the deck, like moving in the cockpit, like running around with the, you know, the line and like, yeah. we all have to duck as he comes over because we've got to get the fuck out of the so way. I'm sure he's not really paying any attention to you guys. He's just no. like careening around no. and you're ducking and bobbing yeah. and weaving and steering the ship and whatever. And so at one point he like kind of bustles by Fran and Fran's like, whatever, gets out of the way. And, and then we have to jive again and he's fucking shouting and Fran moves to support himself as we like the whole boat rocks over Ugh. and Fran steps on the captain's foot and the captain just fucking yells at him like what the fuck I'm gonna punch you the next time you do that just like oh my god just garbage human so um Fran of course just just is like whatever like more important things right now and like we keep moving the boat eventually the marlin swims under the boat and we can't get ahead of it and then the line snaps and it swims off and Man, of course after i was i was hours. on fran's yeah. side but i mean stepping on the captain's toes and fucking up the marlin <laughs> like that and you guys never got to see the marlin like right right yeah i mean and that's the whole point the whole of the trip too, right it's fran yeah. deep sea fish so like i'm thinking to myself like at this point after this so this happens right. uh we don't hear the end of it captain's fucking still pissed off about it <laughs> Um, you know, he, he mostly calms down to the point where he's not immediately blaming anybody, but he's also just like, man, it would have been cool. And it's it just like, <laughs> no, man, it wouldn't. And the thing about it that really like struck me in that moment was that what the fuck was he thinking? No matter what fish he caught, there's no, so the, the boat is, is like when you're in the cockpit, like the sort of up above where the wheelhouse or where the wheel is and like it's nice and and it's clean and you're out of the water and also it's not really like there's places where the water will run out if you get a wave in or whatever but um i'm like where the fuck are you going to clean a fish also like i part of why i asked the size of it is like i'm assuming this if you have any refrigeration on this it's the size of a dorm fridge yeah it's basically a dorm fridge that is really finicky and we're not like you know and is already half full or whatever it's fully full fully because full. of the fully food full. yeah like of all the food that right we all the food you weren't eating because you were puking for the yes, first three days exactly yeah. all the fucking so, hamburgers right even 80 pounds of fish yeah. let alone 200 pounds of fish like pointy no pointy nosed angry thrashing fish <laughs> yes right yeah i'm like yeah. what the fuck like even a smaller fish what are you gonna do like where are you gonna clean it that we're not gonna have a disgusting amount of fish guts like smell on the boat let alone where you're gonna clean it i mean like in this photograph of the person with the 1500 pound marlin which is obviously the largest one right uh he only like they have the the fish suspended by the tail pointing at the dock with its big long pointy nose yeah and the person who caught him is standing next to him and only comes up to the point where the fish's gills are right behind his face. Right. Like this massive. fish is like three times the size of a person, like three people end to end, head to toe. Right. Like this fish is fucking huge. Yeah. Like, but like even if this it's all a muscle, small fish, yes. it's probably the size of you, Ned. It's probably yes, six exactly. feet long. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. 250 pounds just fucking flopping around with a big old point. I should have said the size of Meg. Meg size yes. fish. Yeah, Meg yeah. size. Right. I'm, I'm enormous fish. Enormous fish. Yeah. <laughs> so... 
I'm just thinking like, where the fuck are you going to cook it? Like, where are you going to clean it? You're going to leave this massive mess. Like, anyway, so... So that really kind of cinched it for me. And, oh, well, uh, I mean, yeah. you know, you could just uh, needlessly torture an animal for hours uh, only to bring it on board and kill it and throw it away. That's true. That's yeah, true. That yeah, we like could just get a little piece of it just to mm-hmm. like, yeah. Right. Well, you die. get to see it, which is. That's the important thing. It's important that thing. Just I thought killing everything. it was the important thing. I mean, I'm I'm just kind of on the captain's. I'm I consider myself a soldier of him now, and he <laughs> says he said he wants to see it. You're right. So he said he just wanted to see it. He didn't a, a disciple killing. would be a better word. And okay, a disciple. The word okay. of the captain is that that's yeah. what's important. Yeah, okay. yeah. And to be clear, a lot of the things we're doing is because the captain says so, and sure. that's kind of what you Chain try to command. do. Like you don't fuck around too much with that. Like right. I mean, you know, you don't hurt yourself or other people if you can avoid it. Like this isn't fucking military. You know maritime law but also you know he's he's in charge right so um, don't fuck around there's other ways to find out sounds like isaac asimov's laws for robots yeah <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah so we get we we kind of like you know settle down from that and get on our way and thankfully avoided pulling any fish on on board um and because he lost the big lure oh that was the other thing he's so mad about losing the lure and all this shit and whatever um that lure was mint yeah so <laughs> So we, we kind of keep going, and um, I am 99% sure I'm leaving out at least two other electrical failures because I at some point in this next part of the voyage, I had to go back down and fix more electrical stuff. <laughs> uh, yes, I remember what it was. So now um, we're going to pull into a port. I don't remember which one it was. but I bet it's in Mexico. It is in Mexico. Yes, Excellent. good call, good call. Yeah. Um, there it it now becomes important i can't remember why but we needed to we needed to be able to use shore power like we needed to either charge the batteries or do something that the diesel engine wasn't doing very well um a very good job of or something like that um and so we had to there was some reason that we needed to maybe have shore power and so it was up to me to figure out why the fuck the shore power was giving a fault. So I was like, Oh, so that the, you could clear the fault so that you would be uh, approved yeah. to. Yeah. And so, um, suck that sweet, sweet shore juice. Yeah, suck that <laughs> sweet, sweet shore juice. Shore <laughs> juice. Yes. Thank you. That's a kind of a tongue twister there. Yeah. Sweet, sweet shore juice. Good job. I love how you just bust that out. Excellent. Like that might be the title. Sweet, sweet shore <laughs> sweet, juice. Sweet, yes. Shore. That's a good title. Yes. Be a good nice. cocktail. Ooh, I'll think uh, about. Well, maybe yeah. by the end I can come up with a recipe. All right, I'm in. Um, we probably it have might a little use clamato. Oh, nice. yeah! <laughs> it's gonna say definitely salt of some kind. It needs to be salty. <laughs> briny. Briny, yeah. <laughs> um, Powdered fish too. Oh, some kind oh. Of <laughs> yeah. What's the um, 200 pounds of powdered fish? Oh. <laughs> Just Very a wheelbarrow full of bonito <laughs> flakes. It's great. <laughs> With the a Clamato chaser. Clamato <laughs> poured on top of it, oh. making a little. Oh, Actually, I kind of, I, Ben, I was imagining in my mind, like, you make the whole thing <laughs> and you set it down and then you just dump the whole wheelbarrow on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> it just, like, spills over the top. Excellent. Mm-hmm. It gets it's, made at the bar. If yeah. You know. yeah. Yes. They bring it, they set the cup and then they pour it. I mean, it's, it's clearly a craft cocktail. <laughs> it's a craft cocktail. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Guys, guys, come on. Don't be silly. Yeah. This is a very serious podcast. Let's yeah. pull it together. Pull it together. So, 
where was I? So yeah, there were some more electrical- shore juice. Yeah, shore, shore juice. juice. Yes. So sweet, sweet. so now instead of being down in the in the main cabin of the boat, pulling the electrical thing off, now where I get to go. So on the boat, is it in an even better place oh, than yeah, down yeah. in the bowels? Better yeah. And better so already. a different. Yeah. So is the cockles. Of he the jumps shells? into the wires like the Scooby Doo movie. Right. <laughs> So now I'm now in the cockpit. There are benches. Like if you've ever been on a sailboat or you've seen them, there's typically like um, these kind of benches that face inward, and they run kind of along the sides of the cockpit, along the side of the boat. And typically on many boats, you can lift those those benches underneath have a lot of storage. Storage. So um, on one side of them, deep down on the side of the boat, after emptying out a lot of stuff, is where the main wires run to the shore outlet. Hmm. And so now I get to spend most of the afternoon instead of up on the deck after we saw the marlin jumping and had the whole debacle. Now I'm spending most of my time. I'm I'm literally like laying on my side with some like life vests kind of propped in to like give me a little bit of padding and I'm wedged in and I'm kind of like looking up under like this sort of underhang where there's a bunch of cables running and I'm mm. like feeling along like with my eyes like just or with my hands just trying to reach up inside this like thick fiberglass hall where it's like the inside unfinished part so it's all just like rough and dusty and yeah. smells of diesel and gross and, and you're I'm, hoping and praying that all the wires are probably properly insulated yeah well yeah. when we're not on shore power 12 volts i can take okay, so fair enough i'm like you know it's fine i'm reaching around up there um i find the cables and now i'm like feeling along to see what you know what what the fuck's going on uh, Captain has mentioned that they were all replaced recently and they should be great. And mm-hmm. you know, what the fuck? He's a reliable guy. So, yeah, 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 right. I mean, and he probably had it done right before you left. Oh, yeah. No, he paid some. Just like you know, everything else. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I. I mean, it was on the checklist. I'm starting to think he, he just checklist. found a boat. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, the way. Yeah. So, I find the place where they're spliced. Mm. And I'm like, okay, that's a candidate. So I like flag it in my mind and I'm feeling along and I find where they come into the main, um, the main junction box where they kind of, there's like an inverter to do charging and there's like main Mm -hmm. shore power stuff. And so I kind of like trace everything out and it comes back down to that fucking splice. So I like Mm -hmm. go and pull the splice apart and whoever did it and I'm not naming any names and I can't imagine I would know who it was because clearly the captain wouldn't have done this. He would have done a good job if he'd done it himself. Um, Oh, I thought they, you were going to say he doesn't know how. Uh, yeah, well, eh, he doesn't know how. If he did it, he doesn't know how, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure he did it. So yeah. um, they had wired, whoever done it had wired the um, the two, like in two-phase two phase AC, really you just have two hot lines, mm-hmm. but usually they're like high and a low or whatever, the single, yeah, anyway. So <laughs> he had wired one of those lines to the ground line. Mm. And so it kind of works some of the time. Uh, but it definitely doesn't work and it definitely fucks shit up and it basically is a short when you're plugging. I was going to say it would be a short. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Um, right. Exactly. Like it doesn't work. So, um, (laughs) I mean, electricity flows through the wires. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm imagining like the thing about the way he talks about it is that it's like, he's, he's annoyed because he had that looked at and fixed because he wasn't allowed to plug it in at the yacht club that we're members of. Oh, right. And, and he was annoyed about it. And I'm like, the more I hear about it, the more I'm imagining that like every once in a while he goes and tries to plug it in, it throws a fault and somebody comes down and yells at him and makes it unplug it. <laughs> like that's the scenario. I'm imagining. That's the extent of it. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I fix that. We go dock. Now we're kind of at the end of it. So Fran is like, Fran tells me, he's like, hey, uh, so the plan is to go to Cabo, stop at Cabo, and then go across the Sea of Cortez all the way to mainland, uh, mainland Mexico to this little village. And, and that's where the boat is. That's is where it's going to go yeah, stay yeah. for the summer. And he's going to teach little kids how to sail or something. I don't oh, know. God. Something. Yeah. I'm, I can't imagine. Um, <laughs> so maybe, maybe they can fix the electrical work. They have small hands. Right. Little tiny little hands. Exactly. <laughs> yep. They can snake pipes easier. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. So he goes, so we were going to Cabo and Fran now like one of the night watches um, that we were talking and he's like, hey, I he's like, I can't stay. And at this point, it's really clear. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, the next port really it's you should go like uh-huh. I get it. And he's he's like, but he's like, I want you to come with me. And I was like, I, he's like, I don't know. At this point, we're both thinking if both of us leave, they won't be able to keep going. Right. Right. And so he's like, I'm going to feel really bad if you stay. And I'm like, well, I'm OK. Like. Mm-hmm. The captain's not yelling at me, and clearly, like if if the captain falls off the boat, we'll get the boat where we need to go. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not worried about it. And Fran's like, "Yeah, I'm not worried about it." And he's like, "Okay," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's gonna be fine." I'm like, "Captain's not my favorite person, but he's not the he's not being a dick to me the way he's being to you, and right. you should leave because that's in like intolerable and un- unacceptable, and that's the right thing to do." Right. And Fran's like, "Okay." So we get to Cabo in the morning. And Fran steps like Fran already has all his shit packed and just steps off the boat and chucks his shit onto the deck or onto the dock. And it's like he's like, all right, I'll help you guys fuel up. We were going to get some diesel fuel and mm-hmm. helps us fuel up. And then it's time to go sail somewhere else in the port to like actually sleep. And Fran just like waves. And he'd already told I saw him tell the captain. He's like, hey, when we get to Cabo, I'm going to leave. I'm leaving. And the captain's like, the captain's like, I remember he's like said some shitty thing like, ah, oh, it's fine. Like, we didn't really need you anyway. Like, right. Fine. Sure. You know, just some garbage. And um, and so Fran's like, fine. So then Fran stays on the dock just like it was planned. Mm-hmm. And we're we're casting off and he casts off the rope and, and the captain's like, get on the boat. Why are you getting on the boat? Like he just had completely forgotten <laughs> that we're not doing this. And then and he's like, oh, whatever. And then so then we go um, we go dock. So now I'm asking about so is Fran flying home. Yeah. Or? So Fran gets to Cabo and he's like, I'm just going to go get on a plane ah. and I'm going to go back. And, I mean, uh, you were always going to fly home, right? Yeah. Just yeah. We're always. Were yeah. Where were we going to leave from? So we get uh, we get to the dock where we're actually going to sleep. Um, and he, and now I'm asking some questions like, Hey, so I'm getting close to the end of the time that Mm. I can do this. Like what, what's our timeline looking like? You know, I've got, I don't remember how many days it was. Maybe like I had like five or six days left before I really needed to be back. Mm -hmm. How forward thinking of you. Yeah. And so, uh, the captain's like, Oh, that's no problem. Like the Sea of Cortez will go quick. And I'm thinking, well, we're already like, you know, we've been motoring the whole way. So we haven't had a lot of wind, Mm. um, and we are like four days behind or six days behind the timeline, not what like originally when we were going to leave, we're not like counting weeks the off days you left. Yeah, late. not that. But but even just the time we made was slower You're right. than what what he said gotcha. we were going to do. And so I'm like chasing a marlin in circles for half a day. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so we get like I'm I'm looking on my phone and I'm thinking like he's he tells me where it is he's like okay well, we're going to this village like I knew before I don't remember where it was but we we were going to this village and and I was like okay but like you know when I get there he's like well it'd be cool if you could stay for a day and I'm like well <laughs> if I'm gonna go with you like it's gonna be tight because I need to get there whatever day this is and then I need to leave 
And I'm like, you know, how, like, where will I be able to leave from there? I was going to say, if it's remote village. Like, yeah. And he's like, no, it's no problem. There's it. a bus to the airport. And I'm like, okay. A bus that'll take a day and So a half. I oh, just, I'm like, I call my dad and I'm like, hey, can you just look this up for me and like, let me know what the deal is. And so <laughs> can he, you be a sanity check this, please? <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right. So if you go to that village, there are actually two buses you can take. Mm. So you take one bus that's a 12 hour bus ride to the mm-hmm. air, to an airport. And you take another bus that's a seven-hour bus ride, but the 12-hour bus ride leaves like twice a day or something, and the other one leaves once a day. And and then he said, you know, and he's like, and so then either of those airports, there's only one flight a day back to TJ, whereas, like, mm-hmm. you know, which is the closest airport I can reasonably fly to. So my best scenario is that we get there before the bus leaves, I'm able to leave mm-hmm. the boat and get on one of the buses and then get to an airport where I then get to the airport and then also get on the one plane that's right. leaving that day and get back to TJ in a 24-hour period, which is like almost impossible. Yes. And TJ is Tijuana. Yeah, Tijuana. Yeah. So I, at this point, I'm like, Captain, I, I just can't do this. I'm mm-hmm. not, not going to do it. Um, I, you know, it's too tight. He's like kind of he's like, all right, I understand. And and it, I was thinking like he's just going to stay in Cabo and then they'll like get some other friends to come down. And, and he's like, well, we're going to go on. And I was like, mm. so not surprised, just not surprised at all that he went on. Yeah. But at this point, I'm like, I just can't the two of us. I can't go. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. So I call Fran that night and he was I don't know. so We relieved. can sink it if we try. It's also pretty good. Title. Fran's like, Fran's like, when you get here, he's like, just let me know when you land in Tijuana. We will pick you up. We'll be right there. And he tells me, he's like, I'm so happy you're not going. And so um, I went. So the very end of this trip is like this weird adventure where Fran tells me, he's like, Fran said, he's like, I just took a cab to the airport and it cost him like 50 bucks. And I um, asked somebody, there was a, I kind of made friends with we. Uh, the captain took me out to dinner at his like favorite restaurant or whatever. It was like kind of hang out and farewell because like apparently he was really oh because he, he really liked you. He really liked me, and um, while we were there, I I kind of made friends with the waiter and like asked him how to get to the airport, and he's like, "Oh, no problem. This is what you do." So what you do is you go out of Cabo down this like one road, and he's like, "There's a bus, and it's going to come, and it'll say I forget what it said, it's like some something." He's like, "It's going to mm-hmm. say it on the thing." He's like, "It's not going to look a lot like a bus stop, but it'll be there." And he said, "It's not going to cost very much." So I was like, "Great." So I go to where he says, and I'm waiting there, and this like this kind of bus thing shows up, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the door opens, and nobody speaks English, and I get on the bus, and there's a tray with some money on it. The people are putting money on and I asked the gentleman driving and he speaks a little bit of English and I, I, my Spanish is terrible. And I said, you know, the name of the airport and he's like, yep. And I said, how much? And waves he, him on the bus. He waves me on the bus and I ask him how much and he doesn't say anything. And I was like, I'm holding like 10, I was holding like 20, 200 pesos. I feel like I was holding roughly $20. Sure. And at some point I just hand it to him. And so he just takes it and I'm like, great. I sit down <laughs> and, um, but now I'm watching other people get on the bus and they are putting money down on the tray and taking money off <laughs> in the realm of like, you know, less than five pesos, like right. coins and ones, right? right like right. that kind of realm. And I'm like, whatever. I'm happy to pay this guy 20 bucks. And right, I'm also sure. happy that maybe he doesn't give it to whoever's employing him and he just puts it in his pocket. doesn't matter to me. Right. So we take this bus and we get to a point and I see the airport and I'm like excited. 
and then we swerve away from the airport <laughs> and i'm like oh man You're like, oh. and then we go somewhere else and it stops in this lot this like behind this building and there's just like this dirt lot and this like tree line mm-hmm. and it opens up and everybody gets off the bus and starts walking across the lot through the tree lines and i was just like okay and i walk through and then we just kind of emerge from the trees in the like outskirts of the airport and then and because it's clearly like this is the employee bus right. slash like the bus that's not licensed to go mm-hmm. drive to the airport and we get that's to the airport. So funny. Yeah, but we just walk in and go to the airport and I bought some tickets online and popped on the you know, popped on the plane and it was fine and get Fran picks me up and they were Fran and uh Fran and his wife Carol were super kind and they were just so excited to like see me and be like recount and talk about all the bullshit that happened and anyway God. so that is the like nightmarish voyage that was my trip to cabo that was such a good story wow. that i go need i need to go take care of some sweet sweet juices <laughs> right all right well um it's been over an hour so we can kind of wrap up and yeah. uh ben did you i feel like you're mostly well i'm just i mean i remember at the beginning you said i'll just call him captain because this story makes him look bad and yeah I, I I mean I don't see it. You don't see it. That's <laughs> fair. Don't that's see fair. It. Call him out I'm by name. I mean, this man is you know he outfits, he rigorously fixes his ship up and is just getting screwed over by an endless series of repair people, constant and incompetency, shipmates, shipmates, <laughs> yeah, flaming yeah. things on him, right. having his toes literally stepped on, you uh-huh. know, his yeah. power usurped yep. and right, <laughs> underappreciated. <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, in all seriousness, that's like. It's one of those things where it'd be like it'd be on the nose of he was a character and something, uh-huh. you know, it just yeah. Yeah. in yeah. every possible respect, uh-huh. just obnoxious and incompetent plans that are in every respect, like head to toe, don't make sense. Uh-huh. Like the Marlin thing, it's like <laughs> we can't store the Marlin. Right. We don't have. Uh, you're not safely strapped into the ship to be fishing the Marlin. The rod won't hold the Marlin. Right. We don't have any time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We the don't crew have the, wasn't the medical ability this. if you yep. fall over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just a it's it's just comically right. overly incompetent and yeah. awful. Lack of I love maps. like in every yeah. good epic story, like <clears throat> you overcame a monstrous adversary out in the deep blue. Uh-huh. And like you overcame all these obstacles to return to like a hero's welcome. Right. I mean, just, just I think it's tale. important to think of this like um, like a zombie movie. Like if there's anything we have to learn from George Romero, it's you don't have the zombies to fear. It's the other humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So are we? Uh, did we get any messages from the research department? Oh, um, uh, let me have a look. Hold on. Okay. We have a we have colors of the day to do before we, yeah, I relinquish mean, control of the podcast. Let's see, hold on a second. Colors of the day. Yes, we have colors of the day. You see, Ned and I um, feel like Pantone does a really terrible job of coming up with the annual color of the year. And to prove our point, we've come up with two colors of the day every time we do a podcast. Oh, sweet! All right, and so, so. we discuss them and we share salient details about these colors so that people can also type them into a search engine on the internet and come up if with the very same thing we're looking at yeah ben if you want to hold on to that yeah yeah and you uh you and lauren can um help me so the first color of the day if one of you wants to read out the name of it um i'll give him a best shot it looks like extant pill pill your art (laughs) pillularia I mean, I mean oh, maybe I have, someone can I take a better. I have poor phonological processing skills, so Extent I don't think I'm... P- pillularia. 
Am I am I supposed to oh, point out sure. that these look awfully similar to the That's colors it. when I was on last the, time? A lot of them no, are. Yeah, oh, sure. Okay. Uh, they're very similar. They're very okay. similar. Okay. They're not That's exactly all, the same. They're not. All shades and hues are welcome. And so sometimes they okay. just kind of line up and sometimes they don't. So I don't know what this means, but well, extant means already in existence. Yes. yes. And yeah. pillularia. Yes. Pillularia. I'm not Is sure like what a it pillory? means. I'll look it up. Um, maybe. Maybe. And then existing punishment place it could be one of the reasons the colors look so similar is that they are uh complementary colors so when so no matter one, what they're opposites on the color sure. wheel yeah yeah so if one of them happens to be a blue or one of them happens to be a red the other is automatically sure. the, the corresponding complementary yeah color. in a in a matching shade so like yeah. we're yeah so uh anyway so now tell why don't me you about, explain more what complementary colors mean i w- i'd love to <laughs> uh but let's let's I feel like there's a time crunch now. <laughs> oh dear! I don't want to lose. Crunch. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so tell me about the first color. Extant ex- pillularia is yes. RGB one nine nine. Yep. Seven one. Yep. Four nine. Four nine. Yeah. And the hexadecimal color. Yes. Is octothorpe or yep. pound sign. Yep. C Charlie seven four seven three one. Yeah. It is a strange sort of um, reddish. It's a red. It's another so red. It's another it's red. red yeah. It's a rusty yeah. tomato. Rusty it's a tomato. Rusty nice. tomato. Nice. It is yeah, very rusty. That's good. Reminds me of my first time. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and then the second reminds me of color. a few bisexual orgies. Uh, 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 right. Aw. Nostalgia. Um, the second one is um, uncrystallized piranha. <laughs> yeah, that is creative. Right. And and topical. And topical. Uncrystallized piranha. Quite. RGB color. Five six one eight four two zero six, mm-hmm. and those are all three separate colors. So fifty six comma one eighty four comma two zero six, and the hexadecimal is octothorpe or pound sign three eight B Bravo eight C Charlie E Echo. Yeah, and that is a uh, opposite on the color wheel of this strange reddish toned color is a strange bluish green toned color. I might, I might call it urinal blue. Urinal Ooh. blue. Nice. Yeah. Yep. On yep. fire with these descriptions, yes. Lauren. That's good. Very nice. Very nice. So you can look these up too if you want to put them into your search engine. You can find them as well. Yep. Um, and objectcolor.com is where you can select your own colors and check out different color combinations and exactly. yeah. um, see what you come up with yourself. All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody. I was glad I'm here. Yes. Thanks, podcast, for existing. Yeah. I definitely want to thank our guests of the realm. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you for being on our show. It was a journey. (laughs) Okay. All right. Are we we calling it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.